Hey, what's up? It's me, Dave Stone, former co-host of the Boogie Monster podcast. From 2016 to 2023, myself and my good buddy, Kyle Kinane, we'd get together each week, ramble on about ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, other mysteries of the universe. Uh, at least that was our initial intentions. Uh, but if you've listened before, you know that it usually devolved into disjointed rants about vans and fried chicken. During that time, we also had a Patreon page. We would offer up exclusive bonus episodes to our patrons, usually in the form of Q&A sessions. And even though the Boogie Monster is currently on an indefinite hiatus, we're offering up those old bonus episodes to the general population so that everyone can enjoy our old nonsense. Hopefully, someday soon, we'll dust off our microphones and resurrect the Boogie Monster. But until then, please enjoy this blast from the past from your old pals, Kyle and Dave. Thanks for listening. The propane to start the charcoal and then take it from there. Yeah, and then you just, yeah, and then you got everything going evenly. Mm hmm. Anyway, this is the Boogie Monster uh, bonus episode coming to you from double, triple secret lockdown in the United States of America. <laughs> Man. <laughs> it's all going to shit. We're under quarantine and curfew right now. Mm hmm. Yep, pretty uh, pretty cool stuff, baby. Uh, got a three thirty p.m. curfew today here in Long Beach. They're moving it up. We get, yeah, we got demonstra. Well, demonstrations went right by your apartment. Yeah, yesterday, and uh, fortunately, uh, peaceful. At least the the part that was uh, right here by my apartment. It's such it was such a weird feeling. I was out there watching them and supporting them, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I mean, it's such a weird feeling of like, oh, because we probably had a crowd of at least a thousand walk by yeah, I saw that video. right in front of the apartment. You sent me the video, and it's such, yeah, and it's such a weird feeling to to be out there on the stoop and cheering them on and supporting them, and but at the same time knowing that at any given second, if they wanted to, a small group of that crowd could turn ugly and set our apartment on fire. Like, that's such a scam. And, you know, uh, I know there's a difference between the protesters and the looters and the rioters or whatever, but just that concept of, like, wow, what a big mob. I hope they remain peaceful. Well, if anything that's being amplified since I'm skipping the news is uh, is I'm seeing a lot of videos of cops being real pieces of shit. Now, Grant, that's one one side. Now that's just getting amplified. Like, all right, is that being amplified because of what it's about? It, it like, but seeing that, like, who this is, what this is, why this is happening, and yet here's more and more videos coming out, and I'm trying to make sure the videos aren't just truncated or just starting uh-huh. right when that action's happening, so you don't see what led up to it. But I mean, like, these are like, <clears throat> like journalists are being shot with rubber bullets and pepper balls and all this stuff, like journalists, people with like sh- on the shoulder yeah. cameras. There's the one in Salt Lake City uh, where there's just an old man on a cane or a walker or something, probably a cane, mm. but like probably at least a 75-year-old man just my, just waddling down the street, and these riot gear cops come up and shove him in the back and knock him down. Like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? God, the whole point of being a cop is to utilize discretion. Mm-hmm. You, we are, they are granted a certain amount of power and authority to utilize discretion. You're, they're not robots. It's not black and white. You don't have to shove a 75-year-old man in the back. Yeah. 
He wasn't even confrontational with them. He was walking away. There are just countless examples. Women just getting shoved, like thrown around like ragdolls. That one, that NYPD guy, I don't know if you saw that one. Just a herd of cops walking by and boom, just a just a chest shove. Just wham, this woman goes flying. She probably weighed 105 pounds. Oh, is that what this a, guy was 230. Is that where the other cop came in and reprimanded that cop? No, that was yet another example. <laughs> no one reprimanded this guy uh-huh. on the one I'm talking about. But, yeah, and I get, are we just seeing whatever? But the question is, uh, yes, it's a nice... Nicely edited compilation of police brutality But we can go back and fact check This all happened this weekend, correct? Mm-hmm. Granted, different parts of the country Different police departments But all in the course of a few days These are all oh, actual uh, examples of violence that happened, right? Okay Someone filming from their own porch And, yeah. and a cop shot a rubber bullet or pepper ball at them Like when, yeah, you're, on, Minneapolis. when you're on your own property mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is about to get I don't want it to get there, but man, we just said like we got to be we got to be silly on this one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah we, it's hard, man. It's not. <laughs> don't get me started. It, it almost feels irresponsible to try and just do something funny, but hell, <clears throat> we already tried this once and got a whole hour twenty minutes of a regular episode out of us being pissed. <laughs> I, was, I, I will start by saying I was texting you last <laughs> night. I, I watched that. Uh, oh man, I watched. <laughs> That Out of Shadows documentary. How was it? You know what? And it, it, it had it. It legitimately the points it, were, it was making about pedophile rings and everything was kind of like, oof. These uh, you're tying some stuff to. Like I'm, I have not done my own fact checking against it, but you did some real tying together here with this. Unfortunately, the talking mm. heads they have in it. Are such doofuses. <laughs> like you got two out of work stuntmen and a and a and then a woman who was a writer for In Touch Weekly. I'm like, well, see, though this is the disinformation part. Like this, like maybe that's what the higher ups are hoping. Like, all right, listen, everything they're saying is true, but if we get an out-of-work stuntman and a lady from In Touch Weekly. Nobody's going to believe it. Because like, that's where I was at. Because mm-hmm. I could not stop laughing at their interviews. And then when it went to the actual <laughs> factoids that they had, I was like, oh, this is really believable. And then they have a guy going, you don't understand? Like, where does the word Hollywood come from? From the holly tree. And the berries were used by the ancient druids to... Create an elixir to give to people so they would listen to them and then they would uh, program people through different channels. And so then what does Hollywood make? (laughs) Television. Look at the word television. Tell a vision. And you turn on (laughs) this box and like, what's it got? Different channels. And what's on those channels? Programs. They're programming you through their channels, and it's all right there. And I was laughing so fucking hard at that part that by the time they got to Pizzagate, I was so angry because I'm like, well, Pizzagate's obviously a bunch of shit. But then that one, like the way they put it, I was like, oh, you made me look at this with a, a reasonable light. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want I want Pizzagate to be full of shit, but ooh, I don't know. Seeing how creepy Biden is, I mean, I know it's one thing to uh, to smell a lady's hair and another thing to rape somebody or molest he, somebody, but still, no, he's just an un, he's an unsheathed drunken mall Santa. It's <laughs> 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 just oh. fucking. Yeah, but it was it it brought up a lot of points where I myself was like, hmm, interesting connection you've made. Whereas and also Hmm. I was high as shit. So grain of salt with what I'm saying right now, which is why I laughed through half of it and got really interested in the. You know, just the whole part where everybody's obviously like, well, Epstein didn't kill himself. He just had a list of all these people that were, you know, partook of his wares. And he was a CIA operative that could just get people like, oh, hey, did you have fun in my kid fucking island? Great. We have pictures of you. Now you're going to do what we want you to do within the government. And I'm like, "Ah, that one kind of I kind of believe that one. Yeah, I don't know. That's like L.A. Confidential as a as a. Just as a movie is like such a like a compartmentalized idea of what mm-hmm. these larger scope is. Like we just get pictures of you fucking kids, and then with then we'll get you to do in the government what we want. And then because I watched LA Confidential a couple weeks ago, it's kind of the same thing. Like oh, the tabloid guy gets this couple spicy pictures, and then they get the celebrities to do what they want. And, oh man, it was uh, so. Also, it's called Out of Shadows, which is the name of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, yeah? Because that's what, <laughs> like, right away, when that's what came up when I was looking for it on YouTube, I'm like, you, and then all the people, like, well, YouTube doesn't want you to see this. Like, it's, it, it's easy to find. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did, and it's, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not like, it's not like it's a lighthearted thing. It, it is about, you know, a <clears throat> global government covered up pedophile ring. Uh, but don't listen to the ex stunt man. That guy's uh, guy's taking a couple of too many too 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 many Dukes of Hazard slides across the hood the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what's his deal? Like uh, he's a stunt man, but would he really be privy to some of this top secret stuff? Well, that's see, just that's he was a stunt man. That's why. Like parts of the documentary are good, but then this guy found it because he got hurt doing a stunt. And had a physical therapist that, like, that showed him spirituality. So he found God through his physical therapist after he hurt himself doing a stunt. And then because he couldn't do stunts anymore, he was just at home looking at YouTube videos. Ah, I mean, it's got it all as far as movies go. Comedy, tragedy, suspense, horror. It's got everything. So I'd say... Give it a shot, Dave. Maybe maybe we go maybe we deep dive on it for the next week's episode if uh, if uh, we uh, I still have uh, cities that we live in. <laughs> if we're not <laughs> if we're not eating uh, squirrel meat cooked on an engine compartment in seven days, let's talk about this on yeah. the next episode. <laughs> oh, it's uh, so weird. It's such a weird time to be alive. Mm-hmm. But. Happy times today. It's the bonus episode. We've got to be happy. We've got to be goofy. Bonus. Let's take a little flashback <laughs> into when everything wasn't complete hell, and we can look at cues because you want our A's. <laughs> 
Thank you, patrons. Uh, what we're doing this month, um, we didn't send out a notice asking for your cues because we had so many last month that we did not get to, so we're going to answer those today. So let's kick it off with Jacob Rivas. This one's for you, Kyle. He says, Kyle, has your drinking in the shower evolved from when you mentioned it in a set some years back to include any more new elements? I finally upgraded from my phone on the toilet to a new waterproof speaker and can and a can holder for the wall right outside the shower for easy reaching. For quote easy reaching. Hell yeah, man! That's a great bit. What 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 special was that? Uh, old like your old stuff better. Uh, I feel like it was. That I one. think maybe. I remember the day that that all happened because Brian Cook came over. It's the day I fell out of the shower. <laughs> Yeah. I felt hard, man. Don't fall. Don't fall in your shower. Like when you're like, oh, mm. they had to joke about somebody old breaking a hip in a shower. Anybody could break a hip at any age. You're surrounded by hard porcelain and it's slippery. You're not taking a controlled fall. You're taking a hard spill. Um, no, the shower I have now, let's see. What do I do now? Like you, cans always. Cans always. I've been, mm-hmm. I've been yeah. a bad boy with a bottle in there once in a while, but the man, that's going to go. The, the, you're only setting yourself up for disaster. Like the cocktail mm-hmm. I'm having right now, um, who is the company that makes like um, insulated water bottles? Nalgene doesn't make the insulated ones, I don't think. But uh, oh, yeah. I forget which kind makes these nice metal, like insulated water bottles. But they also make tumblers, big old giant pint glass sized tumblers made out of metal. Holds mm-hmm. ice for okay. hours. Take one of those if you're going to do a cocktail. I'll, I'll say that to you. Take that in the shower if you're going to do a cocktail. Um, <clears throat> lately, I feel bad because where we live now, the shower takes so long to heat up that I kind of oh, feel yeah. bad just kicking it in there, like which is how much water I'm using. Like if it was hot right uh, away, okay. I'd get in there and then just hang out. But I got to like do seven minutes of the shower being on just to get the hot water going. Does it really take that long? It takes, well, you know, maybe like, I think I time, I think it, it, it can take sometimes about five minutes. Damn, even that. That's way too long. Yeah. And it's not, uh, it's not a great, I don't have a lot of great pressure in there. Like if you're a homeowner, like if you own a home, I could see going big in the bathroom for luxury. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, you ever been in one of those hotels that the shower has so many nozzles and, and fountains, it's like a car wash for your body? Yeah. Car, yeah. Car wash for your yeah, I, I got I got real confused. About when I uh not to, not to drop a, a a brag here, but when I used to um tour with Craig Ferguson, mm-hmm. he had a policy because he was making so much money that uh he, he would tell his tour manager, Hey, in whatever city we're going to, just get find a five star hotel. Find one of the top two or three hotels in town. I don't yeah. care what it cost. And uh I would also Reap the benefits of that. You know, some some big theater guys who will bring an opener, they might stay in a five star hotel, and then they'll they'll either give a cash buyout or put their opener up in a two star motel yeah. or something. Um, but yeah, he used to treat me real nice, and and everywhere we went, like five star hotel. So uh, on all those tours, I was just always amazed at the showers and the the tubs and all the gadgets. Oh, that's that's living. When you've got gadgets in your shower, that was where I found. I was uh, opening for Tosh and like uh, Peter Tosh. By oh. the way, I feel like I toured with Peter Tosh. <laughs> oh man, those old, those old burnouts Tough love my crowd. comedy stylings. <laughs> oh god, oh that's funny. <laughs> 
Me and reggae go hand in hand. I don't know if you knew that, Dave. If but, uh, you love reggae, uh, my, you're I enjoy love reggae. I would, I would do some reggae. I would, I would do a reggae. Oh festival. God! But uh, open it up for Dan, Daniel Tosh as it was in Omaha one time as a hotel. And yeah, all of a sudden we're pressing all these buttons in the shower, and it's like it's coming at you sideways. It's coming at you from the ground up. Like you got to get the undercarriage, you know. But mm-hmm. if I owned a home, I would. That's where I would spend the money on. Even Rachel is wise enough to like. As soon as we got this place, change the shower handle. Get a good one. Get the one yeah. with the hose so you get the undercarriage. Yep, that's do what I Do whatever you want to do. Yeah. I haven't done that for mine yet. I haven't put any money toward it. You know what else I would have uh, if I owned a home? And I, I'm not a big fan of them in general, and I think it's only because I don't have access to a good one, but uh, a really nice bathtub. I would like to indulge and take a nice bath, you know, once a week, whatever, after after a shower. I don't want to sit there in my own filth. I know. That's what I'm saying. Just in general, a good bathroom, like overall, the whole thing, mm-hmm. like make it a lounge for yourself. Bidet. Yeah. Bathtub. Big ones. Those, shower. The yeah. whole racket. Mm. Yeah. With a nice bath, with a big one, and then you got all that counter space, if you will, you know, talk about access to drinks. You could have a whole bar set up right there on the on the bank oh, yeah. of the bathtub. That's so. That's yeah. That'd be- that's how the game would escalate if I owned a place. But also, I was talking to somebody about this. Like, you know, I'm always I, I'm pretty vehemently like all about renting and about you know, it's all just physical items. I realized one of the things as I was talking to somebody about it. I think I was talking to my mom, and she's like, "Yeah, well, your kitchen's outdated." And I never thought, because I live in an apartment, I never thought of it being outdated because it's like it all Mm -hmm. works. If it works to the function I want it to do, I don't care because I rent it. The Mm -hmm. fridge makes things cold. The stove makes things hot. I don't care that it's not some stainless steel shit. I mean, that stuff's nice. Yeah. But then when you own a place, all of a sudden, that's when you start looking at it as your property and you want yeah. it to look a certain way. And it and then it takes on this. I hate to do the, like, the things you own wind up owning you, bro. But <laughs> but you look at that stuff and now it's the design and how does it make you feel and how do you like are you feeling joy in your kitchen? Like it makes it hot. It makes the stuff hot. Is it clean? Does it work? That's what I need, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you own something, I think it changes your uh, perception. And so I realized, like, oh, that's that. I just solidified my argument for why I like renting even more. Not to say I'll never buy a mm-hmm. house, but oh, yeah, that's another reason, too. Like, it does all the stuff I want. And if it's out of style, who gives a shit? It's not really mine. You can't judge me because my fridge is out of date or a silly color. I rent. Who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that answer. I haven't changed the drinks too much. Hmm. Can of beer in the shower is the best. Can, yeah, can, I don't know. Cold beer, hot shower. I yeah, I don't know how much else, uh, you, what else you could do other than that, really. Uh, yeah. With, like we said, with apartment showers and apartment bathrooms. But if I owned a place, yeah, man, bathroom would definitely have, like, upscale bathroom. Like, how people do kitchens, that would be the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Proper bidet. Yeah. Yeah. Shot car wash shower, jacuzzi tub. Mm-hmm. Car wash shower. Got the gun. Got the gun nozzle. Well, I mean, it comes at you from the sides. <laughs> You've been in one of those where, like, it hits your sides. It hits you. Un- it yeah. gets you. Un- I would. I would install underneath. I have not seen underneath, like from the floor up. 
Yeah. Or angled, yeah. angled, get you, like just strictly butthole. Like a standing bidet. Yeah, just straight up, strictly <laughs> undercarriage wash. I, I have not oh seen that in the God. bathroom, just undercarriage wash. Which is mm. technically, if you could take the wand out, you could do No, fuck that. I want to wash, I want to scrub up my face while my underside's getting done. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have uh, temperature control, too, because I would want that undercarriage scalding hot Yeah, you're, so I could do my little uh, you just, hot water on the scrotum trick. You just need to go to an aquatic dominatrix. You need to go. It's like. Wa- <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, they're, they're already wearing the latex. That's waterproof. They'll be fine. Shit. Just get just get mm-hmm. Katie to put on a scuba scoot scuba suit and throw a hot soup on your nuts. <laughs> that should get about the same thing. Oh, my God. All right. Who else we got? <laughs> Spend some time on that one. Uh, let's see. What do we got? What do we got? Um, oh, here's a good one. Noah Nelson. If you had to choose a bug-out vehicle, what would it be? Consider apocalypse parameters, i.e. limited fuel, parts availability, charging, changing terrain, camping ability, etc. No price or modification restriction. Uh, I don't think we answered that one last month. No price um, or mod restriction. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. But I do have to consider fuel capability, fuel uh, capacity. Well, and, and if there's parts no mod restriction, then. Mm-hmm. Okay, K- yeah. Kitty tub, kitty pool filled with diesel on the roof. I mean, I- man, you know what? I still, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Go. You, what, what do you still, what do you got? You know what I fantasize about having? I, I love Jeeps, and I love all the 4 by 4 stuff, but uh, I don't know if it's nostalgia or I just really like the look and the stance of it, but I would, I would, I would like to have an old, not an old, but I'd like to have a 5 or 10 or 15-year-old Ford Econoline van that's been completely modified, and, you know, the all-terrain, the, the whole get-up. Sports, sportsmobile style, yeah. Just something about the way when they, uh, when they build those things up and really soup them up. Uh, man, those lines they just, they look, they look tough. They look really nice. I've seen, like, online and, like, it, like, it's usually folks from Europe that are just doing, like, worldwide overlanding where they even ship the thing. And it looks, it looks like a, it might be an ex-military vehicle. But the box on the back, instead of it being like troop carrier, they got it fully decked out like an RV. But it is mm. like no holds barred, you know, fucking like forty five inch wheels. You're, I mean, you're burning, Damn. you're burning through like a semi's worth of diesel gas on it, like step up cabs type stuff like that. I mean, I got the Jeep, I got mm-hmm. the, I got the Creep Strangler, the Jeep Wrangler, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Creep, Creep, Creep Strangler Bubicon. That's what I drive. Hmm. Uh, that's it's. I mean, it's fun for what it is, but uh, I don't know, man. If we, if it was like get out of town style, I gotta feel like what's what's the utility though? That's the thing. You can have a car, and then as soon as you try to get anywhere that's not an actual road, you're fucked. Even if it's mm-hmm. a jeep, that's why there's these uh, there's these uh, they're like motorcycles, but even the wheels themselves are drums that hold gasoline. So you have extra gas in the drum of the wheel. Granted, it messes with those. the weight and everything. Yeah. I don't know about practicality. It seems like more like a novelty bunker item. Yeah. I love those souped-up Sprinter vans, too. 
Put the four by four tires in the lift on a Sprinter van. Oh yeah, all the accoutrements. Those are sweet. Yeah, I mean, but if there's no limit, give me a tank, dude. <laughs> give me a full on tank. But it's a big old. I've been thinking about that. Uh, not to go back to our original complaints this week and attitude, but uh, in the event, I feel like we're we've we've speculated on this question many times in the past. But I feel like we're closer to it in reality than we've ever been. But in the event that we had to tuck tail and run, that we had to bug out, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm already trying to think like, well, where the hell are we gonna go? Yeah. High on a mountaintop uh, somewhere. I mean, yeah, it's... F- and I've thought about what vehicle am I going to need. Looking at all this ramen and shit that I bought for pandemic problems, and now it's uh, a full riot. Like, I think about myself, about how I laughed at all the, the, the 2A folk that were like, you need weapons? Because of a tyrannical government, I'm like, calm down. Now I'm like, shit, man, why didn't I buy guns before this started? (laughs) Tyrannical government, get out of here. This is America. Oh, no. (laughs) Man, we're all going to have to fight these cops. (laughs) I don't want, I I truly don't want it to be that. I don't, I don't want, I want, I want the exposure of abusive police to result if, we had a responsible government to result in a complete overhaul of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of police training. Who's who's I tired? I think I was talking to Shane Torres about like how like stop having the oldest dudes on the force. Was that you or was that Shane that we were talking? I don't think that was me. Like stop having a dude that's like been oh this guy's been on the force for. 20 years so he's going to train the new people Nah, he's been probably doing it wrong for 20 years have somebody who's been point. in it for three or four years train him and be like this is what i've experienced i'm young these people you know you can talk to people that are, are similar age to you like have that person do the training if you want to like <clears throat> systemically start uh, reconstructing things the right way <sighs> What was that? What was their question? <laughs> I don't <laughs> I think we answered Yeah, um, we know. Anyway, fucking whatever. <laughs> give me whatever the cops have that's rolling through. Fuck, that's rolling in front of Grauman's Chinese theater right now. <laughs> yeah, but still... That's a great handle. Yeah, but still ask. You guys ever stage dive before? I can imagine if Dave went to a modern-day hardcore show, he'd feel right at home diving off the stage at full speed. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, but still, I have probably stage dive, and I'm not exaggerating, 100 times. Um, from 95 to about 2000, maybe 01, I know shit. I went to two or three metal shows a month. I was very active in the Atlanta metal scene, uh, <laughs> either either Atlanta or when I was touring, uh, tour managing with some bands. But uh, yeah, I was I was a big metalhead in the late '90s. Um, wasn't drinking or doing drugs back then, so my my one 
outlet for fun and entertainment on the weekends was uh, hooking up with buddies and going to metal shows. And mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah, big big stage diver, big mosher. Yeah, it's all about the mosh pit. Now I look back and I think, like. No, no chance in hell. Not even like the fear thing. Like just the the. No, I'm not going to risk getting my teeth knocked out. I don't have dental insurance. <sighs> like just how risky and reckless yeah. and stupid I was in my uh, late teens and early twenties. I don't have the urge. Yeah, that too. Yes, yeah, so, I don't have the energy. Same thing, man. I think so. I was like ninety three. <clears throat> ninety three. Yeah, probably ninety three of two thousand. I was. I was going to see all ages shows. I pretty much yep. every weekend, I think. And the yeah. same thing. It wasn't, it wasn't even like cool. big. Like the stages might have been a foot and a half tall at a VFW, but yeah, we were just. Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of teams. Nobody was. The thing was, nobody was trying to beat anybody up, which was why no. everybody could do it. Yeah. You know what? Like, it's like great for, like, I hate to tie it back. It's like, oh, we see a guy like looting a store and now all the protesters are trash and got the cops out. It was like, it was like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to ruin this venue because we like to come see shows here. So don't fuck up the venue. Go crazy. But nobody's getting hurt. We all look out for each other. Somebody falls, you pick them up. But I mean, I was obnoxious as hell. I loved, I love stage diving. I love crowd surfing. That's shit, man. That's where. That's like comedy influence. There was dudes. Uh, there was a, <laughs> the Catani brothers. One dude, uh, Mike was in bands, and so his brother Paul Catani, which um, Paul was just a big dude, just big, tall, stocky, football player sized guy, but a clown. Mm-hmm. And he would always <laughs> go up, like you know, the merch tables are set up in the back of the venue, and I'm talking like small, 150 people in a VFW watching a show or something. And so if you stood back there, you'd watch him go up and he'd find the two smallest people on the outside of the crowd watching the band. And he just, because it's loud, you'd see him like tap them and then point up like, I want to crowd surf and watch two mm-hmm. just like 12 year old, 13 year old kids be like, oh, all right, I guess so. And they'd try to boost him up. And he's like, <laughs> just over six feet pushing 200 oh. some pounds. Just for comedic purposes, just to like put yeah. his hands on the top of the skulls of these two children and drive them into the ground so he could crowd surf. And they would try because it's a hey, we're all a team here and everybody in the bands at their merch tables would laugh their ass off. Fuck, that was funny. God, that's that was good. Co- Back in the day when people saw comedy in it, not didn't take themselves too seriously. I loved it. But yeah, hell yeah, man. Stage what? dive all the time. One thing, uh, I had this good little crew of pals that I would go to these shows with. Uh, one, one buddy named John, another one named Michael. And we were all of the same mindset. Uh, and, you know, we were 19 and, and mm-hmm. dickheads, but at the core, we were still decent dudes. And we didn't want to see uh, people get bullied or beat up yeah. or taken advantage of. And there was always, the, every show it seemed, there was always one or two guys in the mosh pit that were a little overzealous, either, either 
like unintentionally overzealous or like, oh, you're a bully who's literally just trying to hurt people. Yeah. And we were like the Antifa of the metal scene. We would seek these fuckers out and, and just like target them. And uh, I remember one time at uh, Lakewood Amphitheater uh, in Atlanta. It was a big outdoor amphitheater. And uh, the big radio station that I actually worked for later, uh, 99X, every summer they had a big uh, festival show called Big Day Out. Yeah. And I don't know if this must have been 95, 96. It was 311. And maybe Cypress Hill and a few oh, others, right. but I just remember there was there was a it was a huge pit too. I mean, you're talking twenty thousand people at this mm-hmm. show, so imagine how big that mosh pit was. And uh, man, there was a couple of dudes just just cracking heads and being bullies. And uh, boy, we targeted them. And uh, the the you know the lawn where the mosh pit was at was a. Naturally, you know, since the construction of, of an amphitheater, it, there's going to be a slope. There's oh, going to be a grade yeah, that to was it. always. And uh, <laughs> so we would go up, we would get the high ground, you know, 20, 30 feet above the pit, and we'd, t- we'd pick out these fucking knuckleheads that were being real, real abusive and overly aggressive, and we'd get a running start going downhill and just boom, just <laughs> football shoulder. Just hockey hip check, just bam, and just these fuckers would go flying, and just, and I don't, I don't remember ever it resulting in like a fight. I remember there was like confrontations, but they, would, you know, they get up and look at us like, what the fuck, and we'd be like, hey man, fuck it, that's what you're yeah. doing to these small We're dudes. Fucking take right? it easy. We're playing the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and oh, I just remember how how fulfilling that was to just target these fucking meathead idiots that, and give them a, a small dose of their own medicine. That was so much fun. I stay, I think because it was always smaller shows and everybody, for the most part, knew each other, it was actually you like be slamming into people and be like, oh, hey, man, what's up? And if there was a real nutcase, everybody was like, who's this fucking jerk? And they got handled. Yeah. They got handled uh-huh. pretty quickly. Not me, but just like, no, we we don't do that here. Like when the football players found out about concerts, like all mm-hmm. like high school kids that found out like, oh, you can just go and slap the shit out of people at mosh pits. We're like, no, man, that's not, yeah. that's not what we're that doing That was the here. worst. They didn't even care about the bands. No, just, they were just there to, to be violent. Yeah, they were just meatheads. I mean, uh, fuck, I got my clock cleaned pretty good at a bad, I saw, ba- I saw Green Day open for Bad Religion in 1993. I think it was with the Riviera. And uh, I'm a I'm a little guy, you know, and so being short in a big shoulder 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 crowd of people, you don't get to see what's mm-hmm. happening, especially when there's crowd surfers. I don't know what's going on above me, and someone got bounced and just landed square on my head. Like I just I, I felt I felt my neck, uh, whatever, just compress, just reverse telescope into my torso, and I just heard a high pitched like. I couldn't hear music anymore. I was like, "Oh boy!" Wow. And then, uh, and then a giant dude that I knew saw me like get fucking rocked and pulled me out of there and got me to the side. So I don't know if Dave Max, I don't know if Maximum uh, Dave Max was the guy who did that for me. So I appreciate you, Dave Max, get me out of there. And I was also the asshole sometimes, not in a violent way, but in a spaz out way. And I was at mm-hmm. House of Blues, I think, for a Peg Boy show, just drunk. And was just being an idiot. And my buddy who, like, you know, you take forever to get beers <clears throat> when mm. it's just, like, a bar at a crazy show. And he, like, was coming back, like, holding four beers. And I was just being a spaz, and I knocked four beers out of his hands, which is probably, <laughs> probably, like, 60 bucks or something. And he's the mellowest dude, Ryan. He's, like, the most mellow guy. And he was, he like, 
just goes, fucking chill out, man. And the fact that I got him, <laughs> the fact that I got him to ever change the tone of his voice, I felt so bad because he was the most mm-hmm. mellow guy out of our whole group. And I was like, I'm real sorry, man. Let me go get some drinks. <laughs> but yeah, have I, have you I know, stage dove? Absolutely. You know what I just missed barely? Um, and I thought about this recently. Like I said, probably 94, 95 to about 2000, really active, going to shows. But um, I don't remember any of uh, this, the hardcore dancing. And what I mean is uh, some of these more modern hardcore, hardcore shows, you'll mm-hmm. see uh, the show, the videos of the shows or the music videos themselves or whatever. But you know what I'm talking about, that hardcore uh Punching the phantom punching the the I sound like such oh, an old yeah. man the swinging of the arms oh yeah man but um, I don't remember any of that when I was active in that scene but I see that now where they're just swinging the arms and the phantom punching and I it's like how well, how yeah, how are you yeah. not making contact how are you not breaking people's noses with that no we'd always like, see one willy nilly guy doing that and he'd get pushed pretty hard to be like no we're not doing that kind of thing here it's not it's not random violence yeah. it's mosh it's mosh pit it's not random violence i get i get it if you're over in a corner by yourself cut loose but like you know some of these videos you see like you there's a big crowd of people and then there's the one guy doing the fucking helicopter with his fucking arm it's like, take it easy, man. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things where it's it's hard to start putting rules on free expression, you know? <laughs> but, and also... Staying any, in any, this vein. Go ahead. I was going to say, any band where the salt would be paying attention to. So if shit was getting too rowdy or too nuts, bands also... And mm-hmm. uh, man, credit to Chicago for the bands being like, hey, all right, this guy's, be like, this guy's being a dickhead. Stop it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like when it comes from the that band, that was part of my job. That's good. Like that's nice to hear the bands not like not the band going, "Hey, let's fucking yeah. ruin everything," but saying, "Hey, nobody no. be a jerk, but be nice." You know, there's room for everybody. Very, you know, very pro women. Like, hey, f- don't fucking beat the shit. Like everybody's fun. If they saw somebody up front getting crushed, let's get them out of there. Yeah, they for yeah. the oh shit. Are you still there? I dropped my phone. Yeah, okay. yeah, uh, I'm here. For the most part, the Chicago bands were always really. Um, uh, they they really looked out for the crowds, which I think was mm-hmm. another reason why the scene was so great. I saw the Ramones in '95 before they all died, and uh, uh-huh. man, to see what back then. So I was maybe 18, and to see what was probably just a 30 year old dude, and I thought the guy was 60. Be in the mosh pit and like pushing an eighteen-year-old around. It's like this is a, this yeah. is our music. I'm like, get out of here, you old fucking creep. And now I go to concerts and I'm just <laughs> I'm the old. I'm oh, that's me. I'm that guy. We were at we saw Bad Religion <laughs> over last summer because uh, Brendan uh, and Lawrence Arms were opening for him, and we saw Bad Religion. And I was like, ooh, I'm not touching that mosh pit. I don't need any of these uh, youthful riffraffs. <laughs> but find a, a, no w- I need a wide open area to drink my beer. I'm not getting this elbowed out of my hand. It was eighteen dollars. No, and then <laughs> then Rachel almost got my ass kicked because they play like she's like it just feels like my dad's yelling at me the whole time. I'm like keep it down. This is a hometown band. They're gonna fuck us up. <laughs> they play. They played only gonna die for our arrogance. <laughs> right at when it's done, Rachel just goes, "I like the Sublime version better." I'm like, "We're gonna fucking die. <laughs> You're gonna get us killed at the goddamn concert." Oh my god! Yeah, that was part of my uh, responsibility as a 
as a tour manager, uh, if it was a real rough show, uh, I was put on what we call pit patrol. I had to go and just kind of keep an eye on the pit out in the crowd uh, to make sure no one was getting too aggressive. And I I wasn't uh, responsible for taming them. I would go and then tell, you know, house security, be like, hey, man, watch that guy in the red shirt. Yeah. Uh, And I never understood. I I don't know if it was just a courtesy, but I also felt like there was a little bit of a, like, insurance liability thing to make sure, you know, if something really bad happened, the band didn't want to be liable or get sued. So we definitely monitored uh, the aggressive fans and the pit and stuff. So I, I... I just remember that always being part of my duty was, uh, you know, once we're set up and once the show started, uh, I had to go out and do a little pit patrol, make sure the knuckleheads behaved. Uh, Staying on this uh, topic, John Baker asked, if you were about 10 years younger, which fads, trends, bands, et cetera, do you think you would have gotten into? That's a good question. I, I have really no idea what's going on uh, with rock music in the in the younger generations of me, I, I'm I, I keep up with obviously alt country and some of that stuff, but I really don't know. That's why I think that's why I got so excited recently about discovering that band Idols. Yeah, because I just don't I don't discover or really even pay attention to uh, to rock bands or punk bands uh, that that are relevant right now it, i just it's nice to get I, surprised I don't know why. by something new like like oh you still you yeah. still got that in you we're like oh shit mm-hmm. good job good job youngsters mm-hmm. i watched uh yeah, i don't know what i would be into <clears throat> yeah i was watching a, a like a live streaming comedy or not comedy live streaming show like some bands just t- just having a discussion dudes from old chicago bands but then one dude was a record store owner and had his son on the the conversation with him. And the kid was, you know, I think like just maybe just graduated junior high or something. And his dad's a record store owner, big punk fans. The kid's into punk. And the kid was like, well, I just, you know, I listen to punk rock. And then I have these people and they listen to all this rap crap. And like anger, I'm like, man, you're like as much as I, you, I believe that you like the music. I kind of like right now how everything's everything. Everybody can be everything. Mm-hmm. There's no I, – I get a little – I remember when there was a scene and you had to get, like, flyers to find out where the next show was and, you know, old man talks about the days before the internet kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But because <laughs> it did feel special because you had to find it, you know. You had to discover it by having a flyer, having a friend. Like, hey, we're going. With, yeah, like we're going to this weird the basement of a church. It was a church? I don't want to go to church. No, it's not church. Though it's a show. It's going to be cool. And, uh, but the, but I, this kid was like, oh, I, I, I was the crap. Like he was just listening to stuff that his dad told him was cool. I'm like, yeah, that's the same thing as if in 1995 you were wearing a like a moody blues T-shirt to high school. Like you're mm-hmm. not a rebel because you like punk rock now in 2020. In eighth grade, you're just yeah. doing like it's. There's nothing like you should. What do you mean rap crap? That's the stuff that's going to scare your parents. You're supposed to scare your parents. If you're 13, mm-hmm. yes, listen to scary, scary, transgendered rap musicians. Scare your parents. It's your job. That's your job mm-hmm. is to be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So if I was 10 years younger than I – right now, I listen to the same shit I listened to when I was 20. So it doesn't matter age now. But if, yeah. if, if, in, 
if instead of 1995 I was 18, I was 18 in 1985, I would be front row at every fucking Motley Crue concert there was. I would be, I would be up butt rocks ass so much. <laughs> Whatever hair I had at the time would be big and stupid, and I would have been all mm-hmm. about it, man. That's and I'm just being honest. I'm st- and I still like all yeah. the music. I would have been in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Be a teenager in the eighties, Dave. If you're a teenager in the eighties oh, in Atlanta, dude. what would be going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was a teenager in the eighties, I'd Hank probably Jr., be a lot of a Hank lot Jr. Uh, <laughs> no, I I didn't really get. I I grew up on country, uh, mm. like literally grew up like. When I was five and ten, uh, listening to country in the back of my parents' Oldsmobile, um, and I didn't really get into rock till uh, mm-hmm. probably ninth grade. So, uh, took a hard turn into rock and roll, and and quickly thereafter into metal. Um, but if I was a teenager in the eighties, if I if I'd have gone on that same trajectory just ten years earlier, then you're talking, I would have been really obsessed with early Metallica, Slayer. You know the the big four: Anthrax, Megadeth, Angry Thrash. Would probably been, be Angry Thrash. Yeah, yeah, I would have probably been much more into that. Um, although, too, I wonder if I later in you know in life in my twenties and thirties, then I kind of shifted away from metal and more into um, you know indie rock and, yeah. and stuff like that. But I wonder if I would have got into some of those eighties uh, alternative bands, you know. Um, I might have I been new wave. Know, I might have gone man. like yeah. Ducky from uh, sixteen uh, from uh, mm-hmm. uh, Pretty in Pink, or just even like you know the the alternative before alternative was even a thing. Well, it's Those called 80s, college, like college Sonic, radio, college radio, yeah, college radio, the Cure, Sonic Hipsies, Rock, and Susie and the Banshees, uh, not Sonic Rock, <laughs> Sonic Youth, the Gun Club, that kind of stuff. I would have probably also dip my toe in those wars. Well, oh yeah, Wild Wild West. I, I'm a fan of them. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Um, <laughs> God damn, I love an '80s night. Yeah, we used to. My buddy lived in Lincoln Park when he was going to DePaul, and we would go to this, some bar on Lincoln Avenue that had '80s night before the retro thing was popular. Because it was '80s night in a college town, and so people like, but not '80s night now, where people are like, "Oh, it's a novelty." It's like, no, we remember when this music was big when we were in junior high, and it's not cool to listen to. Yeah. So the people that were there were like, "No, remember when this music was just stupid and fun?" And we would, like, it was the it was the one release we had. Like all the punk rock fucking pals were like, "Fuck it, we're going dancing. We're going to '80s night over some bar called Lips or some shit." <laughs> <laughs> oh God damn, did we have fun! We would follow a band called Posing Around, which was an all '80s tribute hair metal band. But again, it was uh-huh. not a cool thing because it was the '90s. So it was. It would be like following a band now that was like, "Hey, we're like whatever was big in 2008," which I still I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it'd be like, yeah, we just cover music from the late aughts. Like nobody's gonna give a shit, but we loved it, man. <laughs> and they were all the actual like they. You could tell they were musicians from that time that just don't have work now. Uh-huh. They were like, you know, dudes in the late thirties, still blowing out their hair that's falling out. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we were just a crew that would show up. They were like happy. They'd be like, oh, thank God, you guys came. Nobody else is here. <laughs> we're like, we're singing, we're singing along with you guys. We're singing along to. Fallen Angel by Poison. We got you guys. We got your back. 
I always uh, fantasize about what if I was 15 in 1970? If I grew up in the early 70s? Ooh, almost it, famous oh, stuff. Good, Matt, yeah, like, because I'm such a fan now of Sabbath and Zeppelin and Skinner and just all that ZZ Top. Like, I can't imagine being 17 and going seeing Sabbath. In 1972, you know, that would have blown my fucking mind. I'm so jealous of that generation that got to grow up on that. And then everything that kind of sprung off of that from the later 70s punk and and Motorhead and all that shit. But like, oh, imagine seeing ZZ Top in 1971. That would have blown my fucking mind. But that like you have to put yourself like think about it this way, though, is that you have to put yourself would you be the open-minded person? Like, because think about the new music that's coming out now that since we're old, we're not going to see. Or when you were, like, late 20s and somebody was telling you about, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of an act. Like, if it was, like, a late Lady Gaga or something that was, like, mm-hmm. early aughts but wasn't the genre mm-hmm. of music you listened to. But just performance-wise, just what they're doing with music... Yeah. Is incredible, but because you're mm-hmm. so in tune with what you listen, you're like, I don't need that. That's the same. Like, yeah. oh, I would love, like, oh, if, oh, in 1984, if I was 17, man, I'd go to see Minor Threat. But I might be the dude that was still listening to stuff from junior high, which would have been absolutely. You know, I don't know, man. This Pat Boone cover of the metal song is pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like my, like, I don't know. My parents, I don't know when they stopped listening. My mom just likes music if it's got a good beat. She doesn't give a shit. She just enjoys like you could put on whatever dance hit. Mm-hmm. But they were like, oh yeah, we saw Richie Havens in Amsterdam and saw Jim Bayet, like all these folk heroes. I'm like, what happened? When did it just stop? Like, there's oh, it's when you had kids. Children stole your youth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like stuff that's heralded as a new sound, like when punk rock was a new sound. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, what's the, uh, what's the, not breakbeat, but um, shit, man, that like Skrillex type music. Oh, dubstep? Yeah. When somebody, Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, this sounds stupid. But then somebody was like, I just, I like it because it's a new sound. Not because I like the music, but because they like that somebody... Oh, you're making a big drink, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Those earbuds, man, they pick up everything. You're going to give me a pair. But they... But saying... But the way somebody's like... I'm just like... I like that somebody took music and created new sounds with it. Mm-hmm. And it's easily laughable, but... Holy shit, that new sound now is like... Oh, now you produce music for this. Like Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. That guy went on. Now he's doing film scores. Trevor's doing film scores, producing for other people. Yeah, but like, oh, you made a new sound. Now, if I was eighteen, I didn't appreciate new sounds. I'm like, oh, it just sounds like angry dance music. I didn't appreciate it for the new sound. I just didn't like it because it wasn't punk rock. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's deeper than what they're asking about. I I like. I wish I could say that in the mid '80s I would be all about the Ramones and Minor Threat. But the real the real truth is I'd be. You know, fucking some dipshit <laughs> drinking uh, drinking low and brow out, <laughs> out in the parking lot of the thirsty whale. 
wait until enough well, enough went on. Think about when we were growing up too. I feel like finding your path musically, or, or even if music wasn't your thing, you know, film or literature, whatever it is. But finding your niche and your path back in the day, it, it carried more weight because you had to really work for it pre-internet. You had to find it, to, yeah. to To learn about these bands and these movies and these authors or whomever, like you had to put, you had to do a little homework. You had to dig around and snoop around and figure out. Like, oh, you know, my 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 cool friends at school are into these bands, so I'll look into these bands and 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 find that other bands are related to that scene and. Where now it just seems, um, and it's a good thing, like you have more access to a wider array of, of art, but uh, that's one thing I, I took a little pride in, uh, just, oh, I'm, I'm digging a little deeper than, what, than just what I hear on the radio or hear on MTV. Yeah, I wish I was more in- inclusive, okay, oh, you did the, you, you would do the deep dig, you know, because you'd see somebody wearing a... Hold on, I gotta listen. We got a lot of helicopters because <clears throat> the, the BLM, oh, yeah. the BLM protests, like yeah, it's sunset and vines. So it's not far from here. Oh, is that going on right now? Well, sunset fl- I said four o'clock. It was kicking off, so yeah, it's happening now. Okay, we got another one coming here today as well. Oh, yeah, so I'm just I'm hearing a lot going over overhead, so I don't know if you could pick it up, but um, <clears throat> yeah, like but but you know you'd see like the cool kids that didn't want to be friends with anybody and didn't care about it and they had always had a band on your on their t-shirt so you'd like check mm-hmm. that band out and i wish i was more welcoming when i finally became like got brought into that and i was to some friends but you know when like you get brought in by like one kid like hey man we we skateboarded once together come with me to this show so a dude named ryan nelson mm-hmm. brought me my first screeching weasel show and then i was like oh it's cool and then I wish I was like people are like, hey, what's that band on your shirt? I'm like, you wouldn't know, dude. I'm like, yeah, you should be more like. Actually, I think you'd like them. You should check it out. So anyway, we can have uh, a whole season of lamenting our follies of youth. <clears throat> but yeah, the the digging deep stuff. I shit. I, I forgot what I was gonna say. I don't know. You had a good. You had a That's good. That's all right, man. And then I was. But. Just about let's keep with the music theme. Yeah, let's do let's, it. Let's, let's keep with the music. Why not? Uh, there just happens to be a lot of music questions uh, on this batch. Uh, Frank Castle asked, oh, I'm working from home. Wait, before, I have a lot of free time. I want to go back. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dave, because I sure. know people hate it. Uh, no, that's all right. But buddy. I remember what I was going to say. Did, and I don't know if I talked mm-hmm. about it. Did we talk about I watched the Beastie Boys documentary? Yes, we. Uh, yes, okay. That's coming out this week. That's coming out tomorrow. It goes into that. <laughs> they, they grew up hardcore kids, but started finding rap mm-hmm. and being like, like the same thing. Like, oh, this is a crazy new sound. This is exciting because it's new, and it was like a very pure exploration of, oh, what a cool new thing people that aren't like us are doing, and we want to be about it. Mm-hmm. So that just yeah. goes back into like. Like, you know, re- retain a sense of curiosity instead of judgment is what I guess I was saying, trying, trying to say before. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no worries. Um, yeah, just keeping with the uh, music, Frank Castile. Castle? Castle? Uh, Castle. Yeah, I don't know why I said Castile. Uh, boy, I'm a few drinks in That's already. Right. We're, 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 uh, we're working on it, man. We're all, getting, <laughs> we're, we're all getting through this one way or another. 
Frank asks, I'm working from home. I have a lot of free time. Can y'all recommend a couple of bands or albums worth listening to? Um, shameless plug. I'll go ahead and plug uh, my Gravy Boat show. Mm-hmm. I did. Uh, I pivoted and did a rock and roll version. Been doing the Gravy Boat on and off for about four years now, uh, just as an outlet for me to uh, talk about my passion for alternative country music. Um, but for whatever reason, I've been listening to a lot of uh, rock and roll in the last month or two, so I did a uh, oh, yeah. heavy gravy version. Hell yeah. So, Frank, if you want to check that out, if you like the rock and roll, I play stuff from uh, the Melvins, Clutch, mm-hmm. uh, ZZ Top, ACDC, a band called Harvey Milk I love. Um, yeah, some Credence, some Primus, some Sleep, some Caius, some Helmet, some Sabbath. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the vein of uh, what I was working with. Single word, two-syllable name band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah feel free to check that out that's uh on soundcloud uh it's a free app you can download the app for free or you can just on your laptop you can just go directly to soundcloud.com and just search dave stone's gravy boat and you can hear my uh two-hour heavy gravy rock and roll extravaganza so that's that's what i've been into lately a lot of uh doom and stoner metal and stuff like that uh, sleep and melvin's and uh, Caius and um, that's the uh, Electric Wizard, a band called Pentagram that I love from the seventies. Just, just yeah. textbook beautiful, just stoner rock, Fuzzed stoner out. metal. Take the razor blades to the yeah. speaker cones, baby. Yeah, I love it. I love that. Just dirty, just that dirty seventies stoner metal vibe. I gotta have a thing oh, like I, I gotta it. be like driving or like doing like a bike ride because it like really focuses me on an, on an activity. Like the half speed slow metal, like punk uh-huh. punk rock, I like is just fun. But when I'm trying to like in the rear cave that I'm riding a bike with headphones in, which is not often, but if it's like a like a remote mountain ride and I kind of want to get like some jams going, it can't be fast stuff. I realized because that's yeah. too jumpy, mm-hmm. it's too anxious. The slower mm-hmm. half speed stuff is when you get into the flow. I love of it. Just kinda, I love that. You find the movement. I also just thought of Dave, apropos of nothing, just something about words, but uh-huh. you open a food truck. It's nothing but sandwiches. You're sponsored by Duke's. Food truck's name, the Mayo Clinic. Right there. Oh, oh, that's so good. You got, you got to have a fun that name. That is so just good. Everything, just mayonnaise. You got macaroni salad. Coleslaw, yeah, potato sa- salad, potato salad sandwiches. <laughs> you, got di- you got different mayonnaises. With the little sample, oh. like the like the thirty one flavors tasting spoons, yeah. so people can Smoked learn the difference mayo. between mayonnaises. Mm-hmm. Uh, Husk in Nashville, they uh, they occasionally they'll serve a sandwich or a something, and in the uh, menu description it'll say smoked dukes. They smoke their mayonnaise. Oof, oh boy, I'm taking a couple smoked dukes this last week. <laughs> 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 Couple of hot oh potatoes. god, <laughs> Kyle! What have uh, whether it be something new or something old? What have you been listening to uh, recently? Like, what's been in your what do you what what streaming service do you have? Do you do you stream music? I have uh, I do Spotify, but and then I have okay. Sirius. I pay for Sirius XM. Right. But, you know, like music's... What's your Spotify history look like? I mean, I've been hitting up a lot of podcasts, mostly. Mostly mm-hmm. podcasts go to bed because I, I, I usually listen to music when I'm driving. 
and nobody's mm-hmm. driving anywhere, so not a lot of music. True. If we're in the house, Rachel, we put on stuff like if we've been making a, a dinner, she'll put on music that's of the same uh, ethnicity as the dinner, which okay. uh, if, if you don't like cultural appropriation, hoof, don't come around here. When we're making, is it, when we're making some nice a, stuffed pl- poblano peppers, <laughs> is it appropriation or appreciation? I mean, we're not broadcasting got, anybody. I, we're just setting a mood. You want yeah. you making Mexican food? Put on Mexican music. You take you give yourself a little I, I vacation got, for all your senses. Yeah, I got no problem. with No, that. I don't think I, I truly no don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying it's like mm-hmm. if you walk by and you see. Two of the whitest people you've ever seen uh, dancing around <laughs> to mariachi music while they're, <laughs> while they're fucking heating up flour tortillas in the microwave. You might get a little offended, <laughs> but uh, the uh, so we've been doing that for food is just more of like uh, let's let's make all the senses about one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm down. With but that. I do. Whether- I, I couldn't tell you a band name or what, but I I enjoy uh, the different genres of like mariachi, tejano, banda, uh, all that. I, I like that music. I've liked that music since. And maybe this is appropriation. Like maybe when I worked around Latinos and warehouses and stuff, and that mm-hmm. would be what's on the radio. Absolutely. It's like, all right, let's let me just get into it. This is like it's. It's fun. Like, everybody had fun listening. Like, we're all at work. We're all doing this menial job. Mm-hmm. Oh, a song comes on that everybody's like, you're going to like that song. I'm gonna, I want to get along with my coworkers. So I think that's kind of where it came from. I, I don't know if that's offensive or not, but that's how, how I got introduced to it, and that's how I learned to like yeah. it. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that was... I, I, why I had to look up because I'm like, why does it sound like German music? You know, oh, the uh, Latino stuff is because there was German settlements, the accordion, yeah, German settlements, and mm, I think it was new, like what was now known as New Mexico or Northern Mexico, where there was uh-huh. a lot of German settlers, and it was the result of <clears throat> Germans and Mexicans. Being like, this is my instrument. Well, this is my instrument. Let's make music together. So that's why yeah. a certain style of that has accordion and the big horns and everything and sounds a lot mm-hmm. like polka music. So I'm like, what's the connection? That's what it is. Um, yeah. I, did I tell you about I was listening to a podcast called uh, Wind Wind of Change? No. It's real good. It's about then this uh, full boogie monster topic. It's about how, you know, the song Wind Winds of Change by Scorpions. No, I'm unfamiliar. It starts with a whistling. It's a ballad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Down to Gawkey Park. Okay. Well, it's like it was, a, it was a huge ballad back in the mm-hmm. glam rock days that came out right after the Berlin Wall fell. And uh-huh. uh, Scorpions are a German band. And it's was supposedly written by the singer when they played this big Russian festival. It was the first time Russia was having rock music. And now I'm just, I'm just all I'm doing, I'm giving you a book report of this. I'm giving you a podcast report. This is not my research. <laughs> but they apparently wrote this song walking through Russia, realizing there's no such thing as a Soviet Union anymore because the wall fell and it's dismantled. And it's like, oh, there's winds of change. And it's like this anthem for positivity about like global unity because there's no more... Soviet Union. And then the whole podcast about how that 
the there's a theory that the CIA wrote that song. And really, the Scorpions sang it. Yeah, because like, well, how do you get it? Like full propaganda. And the CIA wrote the song. I, I'm only like two episodes in because again, I listen to podcasts at night when I'm going to bed, so I haven't gotten through it because I've been driving anywhere. So that's a good one. It's called Wind of Change. So check it out. It's a good. It's conspiracy, okay. but it's not like conspiracy kid sh- fucking shit. It's just conspiracy and hair metal. It's right up my alley. So uh, it was a good. It's a good one. I dig it, and you should. Okay. I think it's, uh, let's just say easy listening for these times that we're in. Well, okay. Uh, Or or maybe not, if you want to just go and lean on the propaganda part and how the government is. Which also leads in to the out of shadows, because they talk about, at some point, like, they talk about, fuck that move. There's always, like, some legitimacy to what they talk about, and then they go into the stupid Mm -hmm. shit. There's always, like... Oh, look at these movies about that glorify the military or about how the military sponsor, like, you know, their ads are always during the football games because it's the one way out for poor people is the military or you're good at sports and you get a college scholarship. You're like, oh, those Mm -hmm. are real things. But then they're like, look at the way the cover of Aladdin is. From Disney, if you turn the cover sideways for Aladdin, the smoke from the genie says sex. It's like, shut the <laughs> fuck. You fucking ruined it. You had a real argument, and then you pissed all over it, you fucking soft-shelled moron. So, anyway. <laughs> I, I, like, it's like, that, that was my problem in the documentary. Like, every time there was a point I wanted to retain, I started laughing at the next thing they said. It's a real uh, roller coaster. But so oh, anyway, <laughs> what's next? What do we got? What are the, we've answered three questions, but that's all right. It's a good. Hey, I'm. I'll say thanks to the people for submitting questions. Sorry if we don't get to them, but I needed to talk about this instead of yeah, man. The other the episode this week's episode that we tried to do that was tr- it was supposed to be a Q and A, and we just started talking about the world. Yeah. So, I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah. Um, You still got your heart out? You got your family uh, Zoom? I'm chatting, man. Coming up? I'm chatting. Whatever. I can't wait. Let's let's try to do one more. Um, Ah, shit, man. Should I... Should I talk about the uh, the question that gets asked every single every single month? I think that's a regular episode it, answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, all right. Talk about it next time if you want, <sighs> or you can just say it and then we just move on real quick. <laughs> just say we can just say fuck it. Say it and then we'll just fuck do it. it. I'm gonna an- I'm gonna answer the fucking question, Kyle. <laughs> what the fuck do I care? <laughs> Why not make it? <laughs> Why not wait for the most inopportune time to admit that the secret job that I've been hiding all these years, I used to be a fucking cop. <laughs> there, I said it. Now, don't say anything else. <laughs> leave it, leave it, and then we'll, no, we'll never address it again. <laughs> Patrons, thank you so much for your support. Uh, Full shutdown. Full <laughs> shutdown. Oh, my God. Do, is this is this uh, is this next week's episode then? <laughs> I don't know. It's up to you, man. This is Fuck all. It. Fuck it. I'm not trying to pull. I I'm not trying to, be, to pull you out of the tactical closet. I was a cop for four years, 
in Cobb County, Georgia. And now I'm, that was 15 years ago. And now I'm not a cop. The reason I, I <laughs> held it close to the vest, I'm already a straight white male in comedy. I don't need another thing against me as a former cop. But as I've said, Dave, I think it's not against you. I think it's more of like, a, oh, here's somebody that's part of our community that has insight to a community that we're only judging without having somebody to ask about. Yeah. So as and I've said before. I see both sides of it. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I, this is not my. I think I think what you have to say is uh, especially valuable right now because it's a bunch of uh, ne'er do wells in the comedy world that are like fuck cops, whatever, without having someone who can directly answer concerns or how yeah. things are done. So I, as I've been saying, I think your insight is. Incredibly valuable right now, Dave. So don't see it. I, I would say I, I encourage you to talk about it. You know, it, you know, as you as you want to. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, and I am by no means uh, being pro cop right now. But I mean, seriously, I understand that uh, passions are heated right now. But like. Literally any other group in the world, of course you can't paint them all with the same brush. Of course not all cops are bad. A lot of them, yeah. A lot of them have poor decision-making skills. A lot of them have some deep-seated prejudice. A lot of them have some deep-seated anger and power issues. But not, of course not, and I'm not. I'm not even going to lump myself into that because guess what? My story's pretty fucking complex, and if I choose to go <laughs> d- dig deeper on this topic, uh, boy, do I have some stories to tell uh, that that paint me uh, both good and bad. But um, yeah, I used to be a cop. I wasn't. Uh, it's not something I wanted to do since I was a little boy. I, it was. It was just a job. Mm-hmm. It was after radio. Radio was crumbling. I had gotten laid off from a radio job. I was about to. I was engaged uh, to my former girlfriend, uh, and I needed a gig and I needed stability. And I said, "Fuck it." And I had uh, some personal connections to a uh, specific police department and I, uh, I I took him up on those connections and I got a gig being a cop and I hated every fucking second of it. Uh, I, <laughs> I will say this, uh, the thing you remember, and, and again, I'm not, I'm, 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 I see both sides of the coin. That fucking idiot who killed George Floyd is a piece of shit who needs to be prosecuted to the fullest end of the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, and I've said, I've said that before. There's absolutely no way you can spin uh, what he did, uh, justify what he did. But I will say this: keep in mind, cops every night, every day, they go to the, they go to work, and they literally see the worst side of humanity. Mm-hmm. No one is ever happy to see a cop. No, even if you're saving the day for somebody, that means that the, their shit has hit the fan. No one's ever happy to see you. Yeah. Every night you see the worst side of humanity. Almost everybody you come in contact with hates you and is lying to you. Um, so, yeah, it is not an easy gig. That being said, 
No one made you sign up. No one made you take the gig, and it's an important gig, and you got to fucking do it right. And if you're negligent, and if your head is up your ass, and if you have uh, prejudice against certain groups, uh, it's going to bite you in the ass, and and rightfully so. But uh, it's a tough gig. I'm not proud of it. I know everybody hates cops right now. Um, and boy, do I have some stories that I can tell and maybe will tell over time. But yeah, the, the cat's out of the bag. I was a fucking cop, so maybe you understand why that's something I, I'm not... Uh, uh, eager to 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 brag about and to advertise, especially in this day and age, and especially given my profession, in <laughs> that uh, you know part of stand up comedy is trying to uh, win over audiences and to be likable, and uh, you know I, I I never wanted to advertise that or, or definitely not brand myself as like hey it's the cop comic like fuck that guy. Um, so yeah, but cats out of the bag. I and I'm saying it now because if anybody needs, I feel uh, I feel that our patrons should hear it first. I think so, it's va- I think go. it's valuable that you talk about it now, Dave. More so. Yeah, it's a complex story. But yeah, I was a cop for four years, and uh, I was I like to think I was a good cop. I like to think I was a fair cop. I'll, I'll tell you one quick cop story. All right, I'll just say I think this episode. People. I think this episode should be at least five dollars. <laughs> I will say this, all right? I want, I'm not going to get into cop stuff right now. Um, the whole time I was a cop, I was with uh, my ex-girlfriend, who was, uh, who was a great gal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that's a whole other can of worms. But uh, the whole time I was a cop, I was with this gal named Lucy. And uh, just so happened, Lucy was a gigantic pothead. So, at the very least, you know what I did in my four and a half years of being a police officer? You know how many uh, marijuana-related arrests I made? Zero. So, maybe I made zero. Boy, did I have the opportunity. Almost every night, I'd find weed on somebody, and I'd cut them loose, and they would look at me like, what the fuck, are you kidding me? And I'm like, yeah, go on, just be careful. Get rid of that shit. I wasn't. How could I sleep at night? How could I sleep at night if I was going to lock people up for marijuana when my fiance at the time was a huge pothead? That's the, ex- so, the example of knowing. There's your knowing what's right versus knowing what's the law. Yeah, and there's your fucking discretion, police officers. That's what I don't understand. <laughs> Sometimes, well, nothing I could do if I already wrote the ticket. No, no, your whole job is based off of discretion and decision making. And every night I had a decision to make. Hey, I found weed on this particular person. Do I arrest them or do I cut them a break? And every fucking night I would cut them a break because I. How could I look myself in the mirror or sleep at night knowing I was locking people up for the thing that my fiance did every single day? <clears throat> that. That's. <clears throat> I was telling you, I got mad, like, if you get pulled over for speeding and the cop's like, well, I'm just going to say you did, you were doing nine over the speed limit instead of 15 over the speed limit because it's less of a ticket. And it's like a good guy thing yeah. with the cops doing. I was like, well, then just tell him I was, just say I wasn't doing anything over the speed yeah. limit. <clears throat> Either yeah. give me the, and it's what, and, and what, a, what a privileged thing to say, mm-hmm. but give me the real ticket and follow the letter of the law because now I just know that if you want to, you can bend these rules everywhere. So even, even though you did me a favor, you still created distrust or realizing, like you're saying, the idea of discretion can go both ways. Mm -hmm. And so you did discretion on the side of good or on the side of the citizen, as opposed Mm -hmm. to the ones that do discretion on the side of the police. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, this is this is all entirely up to you. I'm more fascinated that you went from radio DJ to cop because that yeah. means did at any point where you're like, let me see your license, and somebody's like, oh shit, is that Dangerous Dave? Ninety nine X. I don't think that anybody ever recognized my voice. I, I will say this. I had coworkers that were like, no shit, I used to listen to you. I had, I had coworkers. Other officers remember hearing me on the radio because I worked at the big radio station in Atlanta, and then a few years later I was policing in that exact area. That's- I worked in Cobb County. Uh, Cobb County uh, encompasses the very north end of the city of Atlanta and also the cities of Marietta and Smyrna, Georgia. So, um, yeah, it was a... It was a countywide police force, and uh, so yeah, it was basically Atlanta, Marietta, and Smyrna. I mean, is where did, I they, did they put you on the loudspeaker? Because people were like, oh man, Dangerous Dave is talking us out of this hostage <laughs> situation. We got—I listen to him every morning. Why wouldn't I listen to him now? I got a—I got a thousand stories to tell. Uh, a lot of them are terribly depressing. Um, I, I mean, I I don't have time to get into it here, but I've seen a ton of shit. This wasn't Mayberry. This was North Atlanta. So you can imagine how busy we were and how much horrible shit that I encountered on a nightly basis. And I'm not saying this looking for sympathy. No. I'm just saying um, uh, it definitely opened my eyes. I mean, it's it, you want some life experience, go be a fucking cop in Atlanta for a few years. Uh, you're going to literally see everything that you could imagine. You can talk about things on a real level, and I think right now that's important because it's it's. I think it. I think Dave, you, you're going to humanize both sides, and I think that's good mm-hmm. right now. I think that's a good thing. It's not some fucking old bootlicker. Fucking cops are okay. Like, no, you were a cop. You have life experience. You can share that with people. I think that's a good thing, Dave. Mm-hmm. I think what you. I think. Yeah. You know, it's all fucking. Farts and goblins here, but you're you know you got you have a, an experience in this world that some people don't have who are listening. So I think it's a I think it's a good thing that you did that, buddy. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, and it's you know, like I said, it's not anything I've ever wanted to. I'm not ashamed of it, but in the show business world, it's never it's never been something I wanted to advertise just because. Part of being a comedian or someone in show business is is being likable and trying to win over an audience, and there's just such a uh, and rightfully so such a distrust and a, a disdain for for your average police officer. So why why would I bring that up? But uh, at this point, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, I, at the very least I can do is 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 be open and honest about that. So oh yeah, buddy. So there there we are. Hell yeah, buddy. <laughs> I got your back. I ain't gonna let anybody rough up with you. Oh, I mean, I and I don't give a shit, you know, if that turns you off. Because I get it. I, I There's no way anybody can defend as a whole what this country's police force is doing. Every night we see horrible examples of it. I'm just saying, of course, like any other group, not, not all of them are bad. Okay, and I, yes, I know all ca- all cops are bastards. A cab. That's a, that's a fun acronym. Yeah. And, and again, coming from a place of I got no stake in the game right now. Coming from a place who I've been fucked over since then in the last fifteen years. Been fifteen years since I've been a cop, and since then I have been fucked over by some real fucking shithead cops. Nothing nearly to the extent of your average uh, black person in America. But I'm saying. Uh, 
make no mistake, I'm not a police apologist, but at the same time, of course, they're not all bad. It's like, it's like, but like it's, imagine saying like all Marines are bastards. <clears throat> you yeah. know, mm-hmm. I don't as as much as the punk rock part of me wants to go with that. I know it's <laughs> not true, and I you know mm-hmm. I, having you know talk to you about this stuff. And I don't, I don't think nobody's going to think of you as a police apologist. I think it's no. Here's somebody with the experience. Like, here's somebody that we want to criticize that we've never directly talked to. Mm-hmm. Or here's here's a, here's a career we want to directly criticize, but we've never talked to an actual individual about it. Mm-hmm. And you're willing to talk about that now. That's only that is only valuable to people. Mm-hmm. So I think we have mm-hmm. a lot to talk about coming up. On the Boogie Monster, Dave. <laughs> I feel like we're going to be doing some Q&As for every episode for a while. And I'm on. Yeah. Hey, I'll just say this. Anybody wants to come in my friend Dave, you're going to have to go through me first. It'll be pretty easy. <laughs> so don't use that as any confidence for yourself. But I'm, I got you, buddy. They'll make, they'll, and, they'll and make fast work of me. I'm like, oh, I'm such a <laughs> shitty appetizer. But, uh, you know, I'm there for you, buddy. And again, I'm not defending anything. I mean, if you, I, and I'm not trying to change anybody's opinion either. I'm just saying I'm a dude who, at the, I, I sleep well at night. You know, I'm not, this isn't uh, virtue signaling or humble bragging, but I'm not perfect, but I try to live a, a good life. I try to do what's right. I know that I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I know that I'm a decent dude and I treat the people around me uh, properly. So, uh, yeah, I, I was a cop for four years. It doesn't mean that I'm a criminal or a piece of shit. Um, it, for me, it was just a gig. It wasn't a lifestyle, and I see both sides of the coin. And, uh, yeah, that, that's what it is. I'm just simply saying the reason I've kept it a secret all this time, I, it, just as soon as I started comedy 14 years ago, I, I made the decision of, like, yeah, I'm probably going to keep this on the down low. This isn't something that, because uh, you know, I've run across comics. I, there's some guy in Alabama who's like, the cop comedian, you know, and his whole act is about how he used to be a state trooper. Hey, that's fine. Uh, that's just something, re- that's but just regional, nothing I've regional never been Regional comedians always needed a gimmick, though. Yeah, Region, yeah, regional dudes so, always found a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think, but I, I was never interested in that. You're more insightful than that. I think. I think we know what we're going to talk about for the next couple episodes. In the middle of all this, it's going to be <laughs> ask ask Dave. You know, I now that I can ask you about stuff is mm-hmm. going to be fun. And I don't have all the answers. Like I said, it was. I haven't been a cop for 15 and a half years. Um, but I, you know, I got a lot of stories. I, I, I still retain a lot of those experiences. Um, you know, if I'm being honest and I don't want to go th- get into it all right now, but yeah, I probably suffer from a real small bout of PTSD. I've seen horrible things. Yeah. I've experienced horrible things, shit that I wish I could get out of my memory, but I just can't. And, uh, I've tried really I haven't had any professional help or therapy but I I've, I've I've tried real hard in the last 15 20 years to kind of uh, cope with that and try to uh bury that deep in my psyche. I, there's a lot of stuff that I don't want to remember, but at the same time your experiences are are make up of who you are. And uh I guess overall I it's a positive. I guess I can take those experiences and those things that I witnessed uh, and, and serm- somehow use them, uh, learn from them and use them for good. But, um, oh, I'll go ahead and say this. If I had it to do all over again, I would have uh, I would have been a fireman for four years. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, somebody uh, saw something online today where somebody's like, <clears throat> if they were that great, or said, you know, if they weren't doing such a bad job, or something about why isn't there a song called "Fuck All Fuck the Firemen" or something? I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> but everybody loves a fireman. Everybody hates a guy. But he, <laughs> actually, was, yeah, but firemen are too. still getting shit <laughs> thrown at them. Mm-hmm. They're still seeing, you know. Yeah. Anybody showing up with a helmet in a neighborhood that's not theirs is getting fucked with, which I don't I don't agree with either. And again, not an apologist. But this just sweeping blanket of fuck them all. Okay, imagine this country if there were zero police. That's that's my big okay. thing too. Like systematic overhaul and retrain changing the way police are trained? Absolutely. Elimination of police, not a solution. So mm. Well, I say we ended on that one, buddy. Buddy, you, there's you. We want, <laughs> want we, we, we can record tomorrow if it's fresh in your mind. You want to talk about stuff? I mean, I I don't. I'm not eager to talk about this stuff yeah. and relive it and revisit it. But well, maybe not. You know, sto- maybe not stories. Maybe not stories, but maybe insight. You know. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't. Yeah. I mean, and and, and if, if rehashing stuff is, you know, messing with your mind, it's not. It's not a weakness to get help. You know, I'm, I'm dealing with myself, yeah. and I don't have nearly the experience you have in life. But just about the willingness to go talk to a stranger about things that bother you, because I don't think my problems are enough to elicit it. And mm-hmm. the whole thing is like, who cares if they're good or like? Why not? Why? You feel weak? You go to the gym. You feel like mm-hmm. you can't handle something in your mind? Talk to a shrink. Like, why, Why even though I can espouse that advice, I can't take it myself? So, we'll do it as, are you, as a podcast, Dave. We'll are you go, a, we'll go to a shrink. Yeah. We'll yeah, go to we'll, couples we'll therapy, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we're podcast hosts. I know it's not traditional what you deal with. Anyway, we're going to get it to the bottom of this. It's not about the interruption. It's about what that represents. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's a display of power because you don't have it elsewhere in your life. Dave has experienced power. He didn't enjoy it. He allows the interruption. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Oh, Bo- Boogie Monster might be in an entirely different show now. I mean, you gotta evolve. We're, we're dissecting toxic masculinity, repressed feelings. <laughs> oh man, we're getting into it. I love the oh, evolution, Jesus. Dave. The world outside, yeah. The world outside is frightful, but to repurpose the <laughs> Christmas Carol inside something, something's <laughs> delightful. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, well, we'll end it there. Patrons, thank you so much. Ser- seriously, uh, we appreciate the hell out of the support. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, all buddy. Right. You be good. Go go handle that family Zoom. Yeah, I got to get in that family Zoom. Dave, I love you, buddy. Be good down there. Be safe. You too, buddy. All right. We'll talk, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right.